Dan Zestremski, host of the Ringer Gambling Show. You want to join my buddy, Joe House, and I every Tuesday and Friday. We break down all the lines, the leans, totals, props, and so much more for the NBA playoff action. And JJ, you never know when the pod father himself, Bill Simmons, is going to stop in. Plus, we are dropping special episodes in the feed around all the big events. We have some major golf coming up, JJ. You want to get in on all of it. So whether you fancy yourself as a sharp or someone who likes to just throw a few shekels down, get on the action with the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Unlike any other, oh yes, we've done it. We are back, baby. This is Fairway Rollin', the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. My birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, I don't know if you're aware, but there is a major golf tournament on our very near horizon, we have from Golf Digest, our homie Alex Myers coming on to chat with us about that looming event. But of course, me and our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, are going to chop up the weekend's events here in the nation's capital just outside Potomac, Maryland. Nathan and I are very familiar with these environs, and we want to give some huzzahs to 
our homie, the homie Homa, for his fantastic performance. The first tee's wide open. Nate and I strolling out as a two ball. The back nine shall be a three ball with Alex Myers. Let's throw a peg in the ground and get this thing going. Nate Dog, how you feeling, baby? I'm feeling like nine guys have won four times since May 2019. Do you know who they are? I mean, there's a bunch of really good names. Are we? Well, first of all, are we counting Patrick Cantlay and all of his fake ass wins? Patrick Cantlay has six world number. No, that's a no. He doesn't. World, Don't even. World number five, Patrick Cantlay has six wins. Fake ass wins. Okay, fine. World number seven, Rory McIlroy, has yeah. five wins. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I feel it. World number three, Colin Morikawa, also has five wins. Good. World number eight, Justin Thomas, has five wins. Since 2019, we're talking about. Since May 2019. World number one, Scotty Scheffler has four. World number two, John Rahm has four. World yes, number I'm nodding my head, yes. Four, Cam Smith has four. World number 11, Dustin Johnson has four. That leaves one guy. <laughs> hey, it's rarefied air indeed. You know, if we're going to get statistical on it, the homie Homa has played in 30 tournaments since the beginning of 2021 and has won three of those tournaments, which makes him a 10% clip winner. If he and and that, by the way, my friends, is indeed the rarest of rarefied air. That's almost, but not quite, your tiger kind of uh performance. Winning 10%. And you know, shout out Kyle Porter has some nice. Uh, stats out there. Just Ray has some nice stats out there, as you would expect. But look, this is a level of performance that he's inside the top 30 now in the official world golf rankings. And I think it's time to start demanding more of him in the majors. We want more, Nate Dog. I think he's going to demand more of himself. There we go. And there what, we go. What we learned after this tournament, we knew this. I mean, Max has been a conundrum. I mean, there, there's been sort of public-facing Max, and there's been behind-the-scenes Max. And I think what's been endearing about public-facing Max is he's been willing to talk about some of the darkness that has existed behind the scenes for him. And those two things have been somewhat at odds even after his first win at the Wells Fargo, not at TPC Avenel, but down at Quail Hollow, th there, there was some struggle for sure, where I think he's, listen, I think he's always doubted himself. <laughs> he's had some insecurity about his worthiness of being up there. And I saw it firsthand at the Corn Ferry Tour finals in 2018, or, you know, when I was caddying he was in the group with Mark. I'm caddying for him. And he's down to his last leg. I mean, he threw all his clubs all over the tee box on the, on the par 317th hole. He was a mess and really struggling to recover. But what we have now, fast forward, is a Max Homa whose life is in a better place. And he's got a baby on the way, yes, but he and Lacey have, you know, found a lot of happiness together in the relationship. And the guy's done a lot of work. 
And, and I think the way that he held himself accountable for doing that work was to publish it to the world so that if he fell off the wagon in doing that personal work and that emotional work, you know, all those things that everybody would notice. And it's a very interesting and somewhat trailblazing path. M maybe Jordan Spieth has done it for us, too. But but I, I think by publishing that darkness and publishing the work for everybody to see, he's allowed himself to sort of stay on that path and, and keep doing the work. And boy, it just looks like it's getting easier and easier every time. I'm so glad you used the word endearing because that that's definitely an element of how attractive he is as, as a, as a prominent athlete. And I join your, uh, your laudits, your plaudits, uh, your enthusiasm. I mean, the, the candor, that he has displayed to us over the past couple of years has in a weird way. And this is what I think you're getting at kind of undersold how good he has been at golf at the game of golf, him doing, you know, yuck it ups with Shane Bacon and right. talking about stuff on the tour. Right. Um, is, is, is pleasant. It's a fun podcast. I enjoyed it while he was doing it. Yeah. He's, and then he said, I kind of have to stop doing this. Because I need to be like a little bit more serious about my craft, but he has been all along the way. He was on with SVP twice this week because uh, Scott Van Pelt show is is right here in the in, in the nation's capital. So he pulled over the homie homo before the tournament and then after he went on. And you know there is a whole there, there's a humility there. There the 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 candor I mentioned, and I would put him in this category. You you likened it to Spieth in terms of riding the roller coaster of that, that professional, um, travails. I have him right there with Rory as well. Another guy who's, um, very, very thoughtful, very self-aware, very, um, uh, reflective, and then gets up and is articulate about all of that and shares it with us in a way. I mean, look, if, if this is a preview of what we can get, we're just getting snippets and, and, you know, he's having conversations with folks, but if we get some of this, um, in live action and get to experience it with this Netflix thing. I, I, I've, you know, I'm, I have modest optimism. I'll put it that way. Yeah. It's very, very interesting to see a guy peaking in this way. It, we, we, amidst all of the young guns who seem to come out ready to go and perfectly finely crafted. It's really easy to get excited about a guy who has had to work to get there and, and to watch the work. So it's got to be inspirational as well. I mean, five years, 2017, he won 18,000 bucks. And here we are in 2022 and he's inside the top third, of the official world golf ranking. Yeah. And, and he's done it on different courses. He's done it at the Riv. He's done it over in Napa. He's done it down at Quail Hollow and now TPC Avenue. These are big boy courses. Mostly Napa's not really a big boy course, but these are big boy courses that require very different kinds of golf. Different I mean, skill sets. I, absolutely right. I mean, there was just, there was a time after that round when, when Max threw his shit everywhere, Mark said to me, like, that guy is one of the most talented golfers I've ever seen out here. Like if he could just get his shit together, he's so unbelievably good. And I didn't believe him. I mean, why, what would I have seen that week that would, or in the career to make him believe him? But like, Guys who played with Max Homer were like, fuck, I mean, if that guy could get his head right, 
And that's the work, man. I mean, you can also well, say, you can say that about a lot of golfers. You can't say it, you know, about a lot of golfers with this kind of talent. But it's really nice to see him harnessing it all and being just so emotionally in a place that is good. And that interview with Amanda, I thought was was really nice. I mean, they're they're friends for sure, so uh, she she could put him in a place of comfort. But you know, when Max Homa's up there happily and authentically saying life is good. Uh, wow. That's a, he's come a long way, baby. Well, and, and I want to pick up on your point about his head being right, because that perhaps of all of the traits and attributes and skills required of the golfers competing in the tournament here in the nation's capital, greater area last God. week, it was circus, an effing mess. I want to tell you how much rain it was. It was easily three inches of rain that dumped. And one of the stars of the show, very unexpected to me, was the golf course. Yeah. That golf course managed to drain. They didn't suspend play. And I'm telling you, bro, it was pouring. And yeah. the temperature dropped it by 20-some degrees from Wednesday to Saturday. I mean, it was like, you know, being in, in, in uh in Ireland or, or, you know, all, all out of Bandon or, you know, somewhere a coast coastal golf somewhere in terms of the conditions, the, 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 the wetness and, you know, the expectation, you never know as they prepare the course, um, for, for, for a tournament, they grew the rough up because that's one of the defenses, uh, uh, of the venue. And then it dumped like it did. And it really just put an enormous premium on stick to itiveness, right? Yep. Like, for sure, finding fairways was important and approach was important, but you really had to have res resolve, like making par on many of those holes, saving par on many of those holes was the game. And that was really the story of the back nine between him and Keegan Bradley, which turned out to be really entertaining um, back and forth. I was surprised. The Saturday round is the one that blew my mind a bit because Jason Day comes in having shot 63-67 in very wet, very cold, not great conditions. I'm not saying Saturday was a cakewalk. It wasn't. I mean, the scores were tough, but that's 79. You could just tell a guy with the fragility physically of Jason Day would I, maybe have some trouble through the course of the whole tournament. I want to tell you that his performance on the fourth hole on Saturday was so relatable. It is a, a long par four, slightly elevated green. The whole left side is this lake. This lake is on opposite sides of four and five. It doesn't really come into play on five, although he got very close to it. Um, it is in play on four if you double cross. And I am here to tell you every single time I play it from that back tee box where the pros hit from, the order of play is great drive, double cross just a bit, baby draw in the lake. Next drive, same spot, tee box, way up by the trees on the right. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting, punching four out of the out of the trees to the front. Get it on in five, two putt for seven. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, yes, Jason Day. Welcome to my world uh, at Avidel. But for these reasons, we weren't super surprised about some of the guys who ended up on the leaderboard. I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick being the all-time, you know, mutter, cliche grinder. mutter. There yeah. he is. He yeah. did it to you. You didn't want it. He did it to you. Uh, well, he didn't win. That was my no, only, the didn't. only objection I had was to him winning. R Rory hung in there even after the Friday 73 that coulda, shoulda, woulda always with Rory, but he, he was hanging around 
And then we had, look, we told you the Bonner was going to play well. We told you Lahiri was going to play well. It was a great well. call. Finished T6, even with a 71 on the last day. But but really, at, look, this was a fairly weak field. So a, about the only surprise that we had was a guy like Matthew Wolf out there smiling. Speak, great can, to see. Can you hear the difference in the cadence in his voice now? It's slower He's speaking more just real before he was so high strung and it just felt like he was trying to be somebody he wasn't. And I just loved hearing him say, man, I just honestly want to be out here and be happy. But the cadence is more natural and normal and not a guy who's just so, has so much frenetic energy because he's, you know, he's sort of just a shell of a human being. It just was great to see him. He's got a long way to go still, but I mean, for crying out loud, he dropped a 65 on Thursday. It's a reminder. He's a kid. He's a kid. He's just a kid. That's it. So like it, that that happens, right? He's gonna he lost some confidence and it it had an uh, adverse impact on on his inner workings. And he had a bunch of success right away, and he didn't know how to process that. And he's just figuring out life because he's he's a kid. Did he's you, allowed to be a kid. Did you really enjoy Abraham Answers double seventy sixes on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> after I mean, you cursed him to death? I I didn't say I wouldn't say I no, cursed him. You just said I just you say believe something's wrong health. with him. And if there's bad weather, it's like a guy not in perfect health is that's not the right kind of conditions. That's all. Yeah. Like you have to hack out of the that that wet ass rough. I mean, yeah, I love Abe Answer. I want him I to get healthy because his ball striking last year was sick, sick, sick. You yeah. know who I was really impressed by? Speaking of young guys, Cam Young is going to win dude. one of his golf tournaments, dude. He's got three second place finishes this year. We watched him at the Masters. We watched him both practicing and also in in live action. Um, And he's going to find his way around that place. He was really one of the only few guys that we saw in in tournament play try and reach 15 and 2. Right. Because he he could hit it long enough. It did work out, but I love the experiment. I I did too. All the game in the world for that kid, huh? Yes, no doubt. Hits the living piss out of it. And a Sunday 66 is not a joke at that course based on the, I mean, he, 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 he had basically the round of the, of the day. Stuart Sink had 65, but a few other guys, like he, he is, a, he's a hoss, man. I mean, you don't finish three times second on this tour unless you got game. Unless you got game. Well, we had two other storylines emerge, one related to the tournament and one that just happened to drop uh, timing wise, coincidentally with this tournament occurring, uh, Sergio Garcia got a bum ruling on, uh, a, a being out of time and trying to find his ball situation. Yeah. And in his, you know, standard Sergio over dramatic, you know, uh, highly petulant, you know, can't keep it in his pants. The world is against me. Seriously. What adversity has that guy ever confronted in his entire effing life. Not He's led the charmedest of charmed lives since he was 19 years old, has the, the an immense, immense, immense amount of talent. All the bad things that have happened to him have to do with, like, not winning major golf tournaments. Like, motherfucker, come, come on. Now, having said all that, I understand him being peeved. And I actually thought he was pretty calm, cool, and collected in processing um, the, the ruling on number 10, he hit it so far left, been there, but he had <laughs> enough people to, he found the ball. He knew generally where it was yeah. and he located it. And then the rules official who just by, you know, if the rules official hadn't been there, there would have been no clock. This is part of the thing that was, you know, sort right. of 
curious about all of it. It was just bad luck for, for Sergio. It seemed like that Royals official was open to being convinced that he had mistimed it. He left open that possibility. And Sergio didn't dive in hard at, at, on that. Like, yeah. if you listen to the audio, the guy's like, it might be different if what you're telling me is that the time didn't start until you got across. And he's like, I, it didn't start until I got across. He, but he didn't really go hard at it and say, well, then let's have a different ruling. What he said is, well, then I guess it's a bad time. And then we got, you know, all the references yeah. to the Kushner Open Tour that he seems um, hell-bent on joining, I, right? I, look. I don't want to put too much on that incident. I think if you poll the guys, 75% of them harbor some resentment towards the rules officials. They sometimes feel like most of those guys are Scott Foster in the NBA. It's so weird. Yeah, because because they're just some guys who just don't work with the players to get to the... And I'm not talking about allowing a certain player to dig holes in the sand... <laughs> <laughs> or, or or pull his ball out of a uh, out of the grass and say it was embedded. For like just example, just feel where my finger was. For example, I'm talking about you know working with the guys to make the product better. Put putting people on the clock and when it's clear that there's one guy, you know, or give you know given. So there there is some frustration now on the list of peeves on tour. That's not in the top ten. But what was more interesting was Sergio somewhat petulantly and absentmindedly and impulsively revealing what we already knew and what has been rumored for a long time, which is that the guy's been all in on the Kushner Open since the beginning. And he's not alone, according no, to what we heard alone. this week. There are 19 We're people in the top 100, and it's not hard when you go through the official world golf rankings to figure out maybe who those people might be. Well, they keep mentioning, you know, major winners, right? They keep dangling that um, as an item of interest. We found out Martin Keimer is is another one. Um, he he came forward with his uh, interest in pursuing that opportunity. Um, the uh, Sergio thing is just highly funny because of how poorly he behaved Um in Saudi Arabia on that golf course, slapping, right. you know, chopping right. up the sand and, right. and scarring the greens and all the rest of it. But you know what? It, it, when it comes to sports washing, though, we'll take anybody like, you know, you're going to F up our golf course and, and act like a, a, a bitch out here. Yeah, <laughs> that's OK. Are you did you win a major? Yes. OK, here's a check. Right. Here's a check. Come on well, over. But look, I mean, there are some guys who've gotten the check and then there's some guys. Max Homa has nobody's reached out to Max Homa. Like Max Home has they no might. idea. So, so when you say 19 of the top 100 in the world, you're like, oh shit, that sounds like a thing. But we know, you know, if you go through the list house, it's like, all right, who's, who's there been some rumors about? Maybe Ustazen at the end of his career. Joaquin Neiman is a sort of disciple of Sergio. There he is at 17. We'd heard a little bit about that. Maybe some of the other, you know, maybe some of the Mexican, maybe answer potentially, Bryson's in that list. I don't know that Bryson's going to play it. We heard some things about Paul Casey, who's in the 20s, Terrell Hatton. Okay, we're still in kind of who cares mode. Kokrak is at 31. Great. Maybe Bry he Bryson would, would move the needle, except for we're not going to see healthy Bryson. No. I, you, like, no. you tell me when. Like, no, I, I, look. The uh, fall? Uh, yeah. I mean, based on the way that his hand looks right now, uh, and well, he, he's publishing it to Instagram. <laughs> But, but every day. Yeah, yeah. He he and he's also publishing him and Tim Tebow getting out of the uh, cryo tank together, which is interesting content. I, I, well, I mean, I I did cryo for the first time in my life 
at the um, suggestion of our mutual friend, the Podfather Bill Simmons. Yes. I will tell you, it was in a chamber. It was one at a time. I just want to be make it clear. He did it. He did his couple minutes. He came out. Then it was my turn. Right. I did it. Then I came out. It was not. There was no simultaneous sharing of of the because you you know you're 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 not in a lot of clothes when you're in that anyway. Enough of that. Great timing by us having Alex Myers from Golf Digest on today's podcast. And the reason I say that is because today is the day right. that the PGA Tour is going to tell us whether or not they're permitting the folks that applied for releases to play. And Alex Myers should have some skinny yeah. on that note for us. Speaking of skinny, and we're going to talk about this also with our homeboy, Alex Myers from Golf Digest. Fat Phil is back, baby. And Fat Phil... We have video of Fat Phil swinging the golf club. Okay, fine. And we had the another nugget from our pal Alan Shipnuck, another reading aloud from his book. Phil Mickelson lost $40 million gambling uh, over a four-year period. You know something about that, don't you, House? I haven't lost $40 million, but I will say the notion of losing whatever your net income is um, over some period of time, sure. I mean, you know, why not? What's the point of gambling if, if you're not prepared to lose? Did any of this um, aspect of, of Phil catch you by surprise? That's what I want to begin with. No. The big-ass number reinforced what we suspected, which is that he's vulnerable to the outreach of a Middle Eastern government-backed organization that has billions of dollars to throw at people who still don't have the savings that they otherwise ought to based on the amount of revenue they've had. <laughs> the cost I, line has been too high. Have you, have you ever um, applied for a security clearance? Have you ever had that happen in your life where you needed security clearance from the federal government? I may not be able to tell you that. Oh, uh, Okay. Well, why? I'm here because both in terms of when you apply for one your own self and when you're asked to vouch for somebody, I have been asked to vouch as a as a guy living in Washington DC and uh rubbing shoulders with some accomplished <laughs> people. See. I'm not very accomplished, but I have rubbed shoulders. Sometimes they will say, you know, will you please give a reference to this person? And the interviewer always asks. Do you, do you know if this person gambles? That's one of the questions. Do you know if this person um, has any uh, debts in, in his or her life that um, might make them vulnerable? And, you know, you, your own self, have to confess whether or not you like to dabble in the gambling arts. Now, when I got my security clearance, the lowest level possible when I worked for the federal government, um, I was not as prominently involved. The access was not as good. Um, in those in the late '90s, early 2000s, as it is now. I mean, okay. you know, I had some offshore activity, of course, but not in numbers that were significant enough. Uh, I'm I'm here to tell you that homie would not pass any security no. clearance whatsoever. No, and I, I the real thing to me, and we'll talk about this with with Myers because he's about to jump on the line here. Um, Billy Walters has a book coming out. Yes. This fall. Yeah. Do you think that there is still some oh, lingering still, expectation? Do you yeah. think that there's some expectation from Billy? Because Billy's going to have some axes to grind. Yeah. I mean, I just want you to know. There are some shoes still to drop. We know 
that this is why Phil has been thinking about whether he should come back, whether he should not. Listen, he's in the field for the PGA. I think he's going to come back, but there, there are going well, to be he, some he other enlisted. things. He enlisted. He signed up. We, I mean, he's he's currently in the field. That's right. Um, and for those who don't know, do I have to do a, a brief description of who Billy Walters is? Yes. Former golf course operator in Las Vegas. Phil's um, primary bookmaker, it seemed, primary liaison in making bets and also a guy that gave Phil an insider tip that um, Phil turned into a million-dollar profit on a company called Dean Foods that sent um, Billy Walters to jail for some number of years, and Phil, as um, just the tippy, did not have to go to jail, but also did not do anything to help support Billy Walters, This, according to Billy Walters' camp. Um, yeah. And at the time, we all thought it was weird. It's one of those Martha Stewart things where you're like, why the fuck do they care about, like, they make so much money. Why the fuck do they care about this stock tip? Like, why would they even risk it? Okay, exactly. he made a million dollars, but like, what? He's got, he's got a hundred million dollars. Yeah, what's Doesn't a million he? dollars to him? Doesn't yeah. he? Do, yeah, that's exactly right. So I, and and part of the, the charm of what Shipnuck did was like the back of the envelope where it showed basically all of his net income um, going to satisfying lo- losing gambling debts. I mean, and I don't, that's back of the envelope, right? Nobody's doing a forensic audit of, of Phil's yep. finances. But if you put two and two together, it still equals four. And that means P H O U R or 40 million. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Alex Myers, I've been uh, notified, is, is in the house. Let's, uh, Nate, let's turn this into a back nine three ball. I'm not sure what game to play, but let's welcome Alex Myers right into the mix here. All right, my par-saving pals, let's talk about the FanDuel Sportsbook. Step up to the tee, and let's all take a swing together at betting the PGA Tour and some of its major championships on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free, and if you don't win, you're going to get up to $1,000 back. If you bet $1,000 you don't win, you get $1,000 back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. I'm telling you, we have this week's wonderful event leading into a major. There are majors all over the calendar. The app for FanDuel Sportsbook is so crazy easy to use. There are a range of betting options. Of course, you got your outright winners, but we really like the head-to-head matchups. We like the nationality props. We like all of it. When you win, you get paid fast. You know that FanDuel Sportsbook is going to have all of their tournament special parlay bets up. They have fantastic boosts. We've been helping them with some boosts. They got tons of, of, of crazy markets. You could do pool play. Of course, the, the nationalities. Go low this summer and bet on the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code ROLLIN. R-O-L-L-I-N to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Remember to use our promo code ROLAND to get this special offer today. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Quick disclaimer, my birdie buddies. You have to be 21 or older and present in select states only. The first online real money wager only. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days and restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 
FanDuel.com slash capital R, capital G. If you live in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia, if you're in Connecticut, it's 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY 467369 in New York. Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789. Wyoming 1 800 522 4700. Or visit in West Virginia, 1-800 This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply all right, on the line, as promised, from Golf Digest, senior writer, senior editor, maybe the most famous um, Wake Forest alumni in the golf game, not named Will Zalatoris or Cameron Young. I don't know. Um, multiple podcasts, too many to name here. Alex Myers, welcome back to Fairway Rolling. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's that's very high praise. I think my, my 2004 classmate, Bill Haas, might have something to say about that, nah, but nah. Uh, what's, what's Bill Haas done for us he lately? Not, he's not done much lately. Uh, yeah. I, I've done more this year. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to put you, your feet right to the fire. Your oh, name boy. came up twice in the last 10 minutes. Um, yeah. We're talking about Phil Mickelson at the moment, and we want to put it sort of in the context of this upcoming PGA championship, but why don't we start with this? We thought that you might have the right to the minute skinny on the status of the applicants who are looking for permission to go play in London. Cause the, today is the deadline. The tour, 
um, is supposed to let folks know. Is there any news, any breaking news, Alex Myers? Well, no, I, I don't have any breaking news. I think, as you all know, I mean, Phil has applied to play in that first event. Uh, now, these guys are all waiting to hear from the PJ Tour whether they are granted this waiver or not. You know, it's it's an unusual situation because um, you have the uh, the RBC Canadian Open, which hasn't been played in about 20 years because of COVID. Uh, so they they that event's coming back, and so you know, guys leaving, it's kind of a a jab to to RBC, who's obviously a pretty loyal uh, supporter of the tour. So that's where we, we could see some interesting stuff going on here. But no, I mean, we we know Phil's trying to play in that. Um, we know, obviously, he's trying to play in the PGA Championship, and uh, we know he's listed in the field for the PGA yeah. Championship. But uh, tech, technically, we still, you know, PGA CEO Seth Waugh was very coy about, uh, you know, whether Phil's actually going to play or not. I can't imagine that they would let him apply, put him on the official field list, and then not let him play. Uh, that's what's crazy to me. But obviously, they're worried about him causing some sort of circus. Although, you know, this is the PGA championship we're talking about. They're always looking for attention and ratings. They're kind of like that lost major Phil coming back as the defending champ is their way to be, you know, be in the limelight. It, it would be the story of the whole week, right? Nate? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and they're worried about him, him, do, you know, taking away from the tournament or whatever. Well, look, he's going to do, they basically said he would do a early week media. Yeah, like they're not the worried guys. about it. They want no, it for all the reasons I, I agree. you said. I think it's, I think it's a smokescreen. I think, you know, he'll do his Tuesday press conference. There'll be huge buzz building into that. Uh, he'll do it. We'll get it out of the way. There'll be news stories off of that. And then everybody will tune in to see how he plays on Thursday. Uh, I mean, how again, were the masters ratings with tiger? They were terrific. Terrific. And exactly. And tiger did take the oxygen out of the room. He also took the crowds off the course and, at the PGA would love it if Phil did the same thing. Agree. And you, now you have Phil and Tiger uh, coming back as well. So it, it, are, are there have... any behind the scenes sort of chatter about what his calculations here really are? Why would he not play it at this point? He's going to have to come back at some point. He's going to have to face the media. H how do you think he's assessing this? And, and what do you think the odds are right now that he's going to play? I think they're... 99% that he's going to play again. I just can't imagine that they would let him be on this list and then not play. And I think it's the perfect landing spot for him. The only way he wouldn't play is if the PGA tour, which obviously has, whether you want to call it a suspension or just hinted at a suspension, right. Told him to kind of go away. If the PGA tour comes in because they, it sounds like maybe they were in, you know, working with the masters as well. Um, if they step in and say, no, 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 we want this guy out. We want him to really be punished here. Uh, but that being said, I mean, it's been a couple months now. He is a defending champ. It's right. so crazy. This was one of the, the feel good stories of in all of sports last year, a 50 year old winning yeah. a major. I mean, it was history. It was Phil. It was, you know, everybody was going nuts for this guy. So um, it, you know, it, in, it's kind of the perfect place for him to come back because it's not a tour event and he's going to be getting those, you know, oh yeah. Remember he won last year, those yeah. cool vibes from that as well. So I just don't see how he can't play at this point. I, I think you're right. I, I also yeah. feel like if it, the discerning, eye would 
suggest that Norman has been out there a lot over the last two weeks, doing sure. a lot of press, taking a lot of bullets, making a lot of bold statements, potentially taking some incoming for the guy who has got to try to slip out there and, and reemerge in public if Norman's plan is going to work. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Norman putting out all this info now is a way to take some of the pressure and questions off Phil because we're getting a lot more info about what's actually coming. Now, yeah. that said, 19 of the top 100, but like, is that kind of like Norman calling Martin Kamer a, a major winner and trying to get everybody to think that he's got, you know, Rory in the bag? Like, I can find a lot of guys in the top 100 yeah. who are not somebody we're going to get excited about, right? I, I was I was just going to say that. I mean, you know, you want to go to the top 100. I mean, you could... We, Oliver we could Becker. We, yeah, we could each find 19 names that we've probably never even heard of. Right. I mean, to be honest, I mean, Janichiro Kazuma is number 99. There you I go. Mean, I've never heard of him. I'll be honest, hand up. So, you know, but I, I do think obviously, we, yeah, Oliver Becker, I see there too. I mean, I do think obviously, you know, we do know some of these names and obviously we saw that video of Sergio Garcia last week yeah. muttering, I've only got two more weeks of this crap. I can't wait to get out of here. I mean, I don't think he's going to, you know, the DP world tour or no. the corn Ferry tour. I think he he's talking about live golf, obviously. And of course he's, you know, he's only 46 right now, but he's a huge name. I mean, there will be, you know, there are a few big names. If you want, you know, the Lee Westwood, the Sergio Garcia, uh, obviously Phil Mickelson. I mean, these are past their prime guys, but they are big names um, that we've heard of at least, but yes, with the 19 number, I'm sure is padded by a few guys that that are certainly not nearly on that level of, of fame. I mean, we knew there but, were some Spanish speakers, some of the like Neiman, potentially Mito Pereira, potentially a few of the others. A young guy would be interesting like yeah. that. Right. I mean, that that actually would be interesting because so far you've seen the younger guys all be like, nah, I don't I don't really need that, uh, you know, from Justin Thomas to Colin Morikawa. Now, again, those are guys who already make a ton of money. So. Um, you know, it's a little different for those guys, but still it, it has been interesting. The, the kind of age gap that we've seen, uh, come out here with, with who is potentially going to play in this. Well, I will tell you, we've already given kind of double the airtime that we typically give to this week in the Kushner open, but, um, <laughs> it, it is because we are on, on this, on this moment. And I will tell you the calculus Nate and I have is that the tour will grant the releases for this. It, it would line up with the precedent that the tour has set, which is it's not an opposing tour that these guys right. are going and playing on because, you know, they, they had to pivot to events, a series of events, and it's not up against a U.S. domestic event. It's up mm. against the RBC, and apparently the precedent is in place that under those circumstances, guys have been granted permission. Now, this is a wholly unique um, situation. House, would you tell them to fuck off? No, 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 no. I would not. It's would a not. Yeah, it's he, he's just pun you're just punting to the to the lawsuit over the London event in June. No, I'm punting to the lawsuit over the event in Oregon, which okay. comes later. Pumpkin the London Ridge. event, I think they just let them go ahead. I mean, one of the things, Myers, I what I, we've heard when we've had conversations with folks in in sports media, there's no TV arrangement. No. We're not nobody's going to be able to watch any of this. They might well, have yeah. folks walking around with handhelds and doing yeah YouTube or you know maybe they'll get a a little bit of airtime on Al Jazeera or or something. Yeah. But there's no uh, major television partner in this. No, thing. there, there, there is not. Um, right, Norman again today did another interview where he claimed 
that it will be broadcast on YouTube, despite the fact that they have not released any official press uh, concerning that. Apparently, they also offered it up to anybody for free, and uh, there have been no <laughs> no takers. What's yet. the yeah? What's uh, the name of that YouTube channel? Is it the Who Gives a Shit Open? Like. <laughs> Seriously, who's going to you? I'll I'll it's go the channel for like, four from Coachella. They, they they're keeping open the live stream from Coachella. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's so much rely. Obviously, the whole thing relies on the players they get, and of course, they're they're clearly not getting all the big names right away. But I think they're just hoping to kind of chip away here or there, get some guys from you know the Corn Fairy Tour or something who all of a sudden are winning five million dollars to win a tournament, and you know. Then the Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas of the world say, what the hell is going on here? Like this guy just made more money than I made all last year in one event. Nobody's ever heard of him. I think they're just hoping to eventually get to that point because you're right. They, they don't have the TV right now. They don't have anything. They're giving giving away insane amounts of money. They just came out today and announced three more years of tournaments with a total purse of $2 billion. I mean, it's just my guys. I have breaking news. Oh, Oh, we have the breaking news. Here comes the Nate dog. The PGA tour has denied its members permission to play in the Saudi funded golf tournament in London next month. Get out. The denials were sent to players who'd sought permission late Tuesday afternoon. So the lawsuit will be Garagas V Pontevedra. Is that the name of the lawsuit? I love it. I love it. He knows it's coming. Fuck this. Yeah, you just said go ahead. Yeah, let's why go. Why be coy? Why wait even the, the extra no, week? No, because or so, what it says right. is it, it says we're not going to bend ourselves in, tie ourselves in knots trying to justify why this one is okay. Because it's right. not. You're coming for us. You're trying to break us. Why would I give you one opportunity to do it? No, if you want to go to war, let's go to war. It's on. That's well, great, let's go back. Great point. Go, go ahead. No, I, I, now how juicy is this film moment? Because I. Right up until this this last 10 seconds, shared your guys' view. I believe three things. I believe that Phil was definitely suspended by the PGA Tour. I believe that the Masters asked Phil, please don't come to this golf tournament and play in it because we don't want any of that stuff surrounding the Masters. And I also believe that Seth Waugh and Phil have been having myriad conversations on how to orchestrate the press event where he comes out and and faces the fire because he wants to play in the PGA Championship as the defending champion, and he wants to go ahead and have this moment of accountability, smallest A possible, so that he can play golf. Now, I think he's going to suck at golf, but I believe that he intends to play the PGA Championship. Myers, do you think that this breaking news changes anything? I I don't. I mean, if anything, obviously Phil is going to be even more desperate to play uh okay in 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 the pga because you know i think i think he i think some of these guys are under the impression that somehow they can sway the tour to you know let them do this they're saying oh it's only eight events although the next few years it's going to be ratcheted up i think it's going to be 10 events and then 14 events and we know how little these guys play already now if they're playing for that much more money why would they ever play anything other than you know, these lucrative events and then maybe the majors. So, you know, I, I agree, Nate, that, you know, it makes more sense for the PGA to and PGA tour to kind of try to stand its ground right away. Because if you even let these guys get a little bit of momentum, um, it's going to, it's going to hurt them, but you know, it, you gotta, it's going to be up to the courts now. I mean, you're going to have to see what, what happens. It's going to be really interesting 
and and uh, there there could be guys crawling back to the PJ Tour, and if the PJ Tour loses this, though, they they might be in a real tough spot. So the first move will be somebody looking for an injunction to prevent the tour from you know I I, I don't know yeah you go get an injunction you try and apply for an injunction proving up irreparable harm to your career by way of this uh, action by the tour. And I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to handicap um, how that's going to go down, but now that is immediately the context in which this PGA championship is about to be conducted. The single biggest storyline is the Phil storyline. Are there other storylines, Mr. Alex Myers? I mean, well, I, I, I mean, yeah, I saw some stories about way, Scotty Tiger's playing this thing. Yeah, Tiger's I, I playing, say, and he can other... walk uphill now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, you sort sounded of. very lawyerly just then with the uh, irreparable and the injunction. I'm good. Look, dude, man, I, 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 my, I'm still paying for law school. Oh, I still okay. have those well, loans. That makes sense. You sound not weird. a lot, but there's still a couple out wow, there. Wow. Okay. That makes more sense now. Very impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Tiger Woods is playing. I mean, I think we shift over to that. Obviously, this will be a storyline. This was a storyline at the Masters as well. Now, again, there wasn't the the pending lawsuits going on, but uh, it was definitely a story there. Phil not being there was a story. But as we saw just a couple of weeks ago, Tiger just showing up to this golf course, uh, you know, the local news crews sending out helicopters to follow him for six holes. I mean, pretty crazy stuff. It's It was a practice round. You know, him even having the little powwow with um, having the, the director of golf there or whatever on his bag that drew criticism from Justine Reed or whoever on Twitter. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's anything this guy does is going to be a big story. So of course him playing in a major uh, and, and it's, it's only his second event back. So uh, no, I, I think that again, we're lucky to have that honestly, because otherwise it would be a lot of uh, of live golf talk for sure. God spare me at all. I, I just <laughs> spare me at all. I, I look, did we learn anything, Alex, last week? Do you think we'll learn anything this week that's going to help us think about how to pick PGA champs? You know, we, we we look a lot at momentum coming in. I just look at the conditions in House and Mai's hometown from last week and go, God, I don't know that we learned that much other than, you know, there's a few mutters who played that. This week, we got a total bomber course, birdie fest. Do you look at anything to help you make some of your your projections coming out of these two weeks leading in? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You're right, because the, those conditions are so different. Those courses are so different. You don't really have, you know, like you used to have uh, the, the Houston Open kind of sh- set up their right. course like Augusta would be. You know, you right. don't have that situation here. Obviously, TPC Craig Ranch this week for the AT&T Byron Nelson is is only a second year it's being played. It was a total shootout last year. It's wide open. Southern Hills is not going to be like that. Southern Hills is obviously a course that's hosted U.S. Opens. Uh, the rough looks pretty juicy. If you look at some of these videos of guys getting out there for practice rounds. So yeah, it's kind of tough to really look at the thing. I mean, I think you just kind of have to look at, you know, the overall stats from the year, just kind of go with that. Obviously a guy like Scotty Scheffler, we know how hot he's been. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you put him right now. You still would have to play, you know, favorites there. John Rahm, uh, you know, it was the Mexican Mexico open, but he did get the job done. He has been, you know, very consistent throughout the year. Um, it's tough to look away from those big guns at the the majors. Um, and, and, you know, when you talk about those conditions last week with the mutter, that definitely is a different type of guy who can play yeah. well, but what we've seen from the forecast next week in, in Oklahoma, it doesn't look like we're going to have that. So 
that's not something I would. It's not going to be forty to... degrees and raining. Good. No, good, I don't. I don't. Good think times. So. Yeah. My, Myers, you mentioned Scheffler. I started my research this week on uh, this upcoming PGA Championship and came to find, much to my own dismay, Scotty Scheffler's favorite golf course favorite. on planet Earth. Yes. Is is Southern Hills, yeah. and he played a practice round there because he wanted to get uh, you know the vibes of the renovation that Gil Hans did. And shot a 64, casual, <laughs> like uh, 29 or 30 on the back, something something crazy on, on the back nine. Obviously yeah. extremely comfortable. Won the Big 12 tournament there mm. um, back in his his college days. Now the golf course is different now than it was True. then. But holy cow, does is it? what else has to line up for this guy? It's I, just amazing. I agree. And, and, you know, you're looking at the odds and you see him and, and Rom, you know, maybe co-favorites or whatever, and you wonder why, why is it Scheffler? Just a huge favorite here, you know, a five to one type favorite. He's won four out of six starts. I'm not counting the Zurich Classic, obviously the team event. Um, you know, he's won the first major of the year. It's his favorite freaking course on the planet, as you mentioned, uh, and not just because he he likes it there. He's played well there, so I agree. It's tough. I mean, you know, I think everybody was kind of kicking themselves. Well, not everybody. I know some people won money on him at, at the Masters, but people were kind of kicking themselves like. You know, I mean, it was too obvious. And even with Cam Smith, too. I mean, they were the two best players on the planet. They ended up squaring off in the final round against each other. And, um, you know, sometimes the obvious answer is kind of what, what you got to go with here. Uh, now, I will say, I, I, I uh, shout out to uh, Nagel's Bagels on Twitter. During the match play championship, before Scheffler won, uh, he posted a screenshot of DraftKings. Scotty Scheffler, for some reason, was still listed at 40 to 1 odds. So I got a 40 oh. to 1 bet on oh. Scheffler. Oh, man. Uh, so I will not be adding to that. that. With, but I do have a – of course, he's not, he's not going to win now, guys. Oh. That's that's your tip. But I do feel great, obviously, about having 40 to 1 odds when he's basically 10 to 1 everywhere else. So to me, the odds makers were even slow to the Scheffler run heading into the Masters, and there's still a little – off on it. I mean, it's, you know, he's the best player right now on the planet. I still can't get over the fact that Monaghan chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's still processing this, this hot news that, that, that he, he found I, it. I love it. Yeah. Look, well, the, spon the sponsors talk. What a man. The sponsors talk, man. And I'm telling you, RBC, perhaps if they had had this tournament last year, maybe it's a little different, but they've gone two years in a row. No Canadian Open. They're finally back. You know, they've got a lot of PGA Tour guys as well. And they're thinking, boom, we're going to get a nice field this year. And then all of a sudden this pops up. Yeah, I mean, they stepped in and said, you got to go to bat for us. Greg it Norman wasn't just like spent... the field was going to get that. You know, the RBC field wasn't going to be greatly diminished no. by Martin Keimer playing yeah, in, in, in London fun. or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, the, but the attention, it's about yes, the attention. That's I mean, right. You're right. You know, we're we're only going to be talking about that's that, right. that tournament. No, that's um, right. And he said, so, we're not doing it. And Greg Norman spent the last month posing in various pictures and participating in doc documentaries. That you know showed showed his dorsal fin and his tight pants, and Jay Monahan <laughs> put his giant cojones on the table today. He did it's a, it is? It's it's a giant dick off. Um, <laughs> I will say this though, like timing wise, um, it does help out this TPC Craig Ranch situation yeah. because right, this is it looks like on paper golf. 
a a hit and giggle kind of thing, like 25 under from KH Lee. Yeah. We have seven of the top 15 in the world. So let's go ahead and, and talk about this tournament this week. And now this overlay of, of what the tour has done. Now, it is also kind of great timing for the tour because um, the PGA of America is the ruling body on the PGA Championship. And so the tour will be very hotly in the mix of all those conversations uh, alongside Phil, but let's talk about this golf tournament. Lots of very classy guys wanting to get some licks in before um, heading off to Oklahoma and Texas to Oklahoma. Not terrible travel. McKinney, Texas, up to then, then, then to Tulsa, and you know there there looks like uh, weather wise mostly sunny. You're going to have the Texas wind, but the reputation of this joint is exactly what you guys have said: wide open, scorable, large greens. Um, any feel for good performances this week, Mr. Myers? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's obviously you've got those guys. I, I want to say Will Zalatoris. I mean, he, we yes. know he's the Dallas guy. We know he's doing yes. for the win. He's playing um, with Mark Hubbard. You always get the boomerang effect playing with Mark Hubbard. Every oh, is that time. True? Is that true? Up? Yes. He and Pat Perez. I mean, it's a party group. Oh, wow. Uh, Will, is, Will is getting the full on boomerang this week. I don't want those. I don't want to have anything to do with golfing with those guys, but I would like to have some margaritas afterwards. Yeah, seriously. Go. I mean, we saw Mark Hubbard do the, uh, the no look putt last week when he was going to miss the cut. That was, I love that. Um, that's interesting. No, but I mean, Zal Torres, it's, you know, obviously we've expected him to win. He's played great. We know we can do it. Uh, the only thing I don't like is him winning a shootout scares me a little. I know he did win some shootouts um, on the, the corn Ferry tour. So yeah. he can do that. But usually when we've seen him, even at the masters, when he contended, I think he was like eight under and the, you know, Matsuyama was nine under somewhere like that. So he, he's not usually the guy who's like ripping off 63s left and right. We know he's not, he's not, doesn't make a ton of putts, but um, you know, again, like you said, maybe it'll play a little more difficult than last, last year. If, if we do get a little firmer condition. So I like Sal Torres. I don't like him at 14 to one or whatever ridiculous thing I'm seeing right here on DraftKings. I have seen him as low as uh 25 to one though. That's, that's definitely, you know, stomachable. Uh, so I, I would probably start there. You know, other than that, I, I like a guy that Taylor Gooch, you know, you can lean on his irons here. He doesn't have to worry about driving it particularly straight. Um, he's 45 to one, uh, you know, cam champ. I think, uh, someone was saying him before 65 to one. He just had a nice week. Uh, obviously we know how long he is. Uh, I, I think he could kind of do well here as well. So, uh, you know, it's the kind of event, it, it is a surprisingly decent field. That being said, the last three weeks have been just horrendous in terms of field quality. So it's about time. Some of these guys show up to play, especially yeah. with the major next week. But uh, I still wouldn't go crazy with those leaders at the top, just because, again, I'm not sure about, you know, the motivation um, heading in. And frankly, as a guy who does have that Scotty Scheffler ticket at the PGA, I just kind of want him to have a nice little week here, not not stress himself out too much and really just prepare himself for the, the big tournament next week. I think we're yeah, Nate, Nate Dog. I see a ton of um, thoughtful people saying that this is a week for Justin Thomas. Do you do you subscribe to that theory? I, I do. I just don't love the numbers on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm sitting back going, okay, so it's a bombers course. It's going to be a little bit of a putting contest. Who's had a break? Brooks Kepka's sitting there at thirty-one to one on FanDuel right now. Mm-hmm. House, we uh, you hate it. You just think he's hurt and, and you're out on him. I don't hate it, and I don't think he's hurt. I don't think he's um, in form. We watched him, you know, intently at the Masters, and I thought the Masters was going to be the place 
that we saw the resumption of of, of Brooks because he, you know, we talked to him this year yeah. and he told us that he, he that he feels good, that he feels healthy. Yeah. I just don't think his head is is um, in the right place. Now that that could be exactly the correct circumstance under which you know where, where we're fading him a little bit. Oh, okay, and then he's going to come yeah, out. Look, and, two-time and PGA try to make Championship a point. winner Brooks Kepka the week before. I got to believe he's going to be uh, in form. If he's not, I think you and I have some real concerns about what's happening. Well, I, I mean, I, I expect him to play well. I don't expect him to win this golf tournament, okay. even though 31 to one it, it is attractive. Um, I want Myers to, to um, tell me why some guys down the list, um, you know, I, w- I want some feels for some, some top 20s and top 10s. I, I, for some reason, I have Joaquin Neiman on my list. Uh, I know the reason, actually. He, he um, over his career, has putted best on bent grass. This is a bent grass um, putting venue. And this is a place where you were expecting tons of birdies. Mm. And he's in, you know, top 15 birdie average um, this season. And the class that he showed us at um, the Genesis at Riv. And then I, he had a Masters where he just had one bad round, but his Masters was really like quietly very good. I thought I, I I was on him at the Masters. He was one of like four guys I was on, and and I was feeling really good about him uh, at least through a couple of days. Uh, especially, you're right after what he showed at Riviera, and if you remember it, that was a shootout. So if you're talking about guys who can go low and keep going low, he's certainly one of those guys. Um, he led wire to wire. At Riviera was what, like 20 under or something ridiculous. So no, I, I, I like him. I like the fact that he's a young guy too. He's, he hasn't won a bunch of times. He's not one of these guys who's just going to maybe coast going into, into the, uh, you know, a week ahead of a major. Um, so no, I, I like Neiman back to Kepka though. I will say too, it's interesting. Um, I think it's a very good test because if you look historically, we all joke about how he doesn't give a shit about these regular events, but he actually does play fairly well the week before a major versus the week after or the weeks after then he really just tanks it so if if he if top he is 10 play top yeah, 20 possi- play exactly possibly if he's feeling if he is really healthy um i think you are getting good value here because i, I think he i think he plays the week before to kind of you know really get going into that next week it's not like he's going to this tournament and he's going to be like working on certain shots i think yeah. I think he's trying to like get in the the winning mode and we've seen him contend the week before majors. So if he doesn't, if he has a terrible week, then I would, yes, then I would definitely be worried going to the PGA, but I do kind of like him here. I think he's that, you know, I've seen him even at 40 to one odds um, against this field. I mean, again, it's okay field, but I, I, I do think there's potential value there again, if we believe him that he's, that he's healthy. I, look, he was again. He and Neiman and who were my other? He was one of my guys at the Masters too. I thought the value was too good. I got out to there in the first round. He got down to the eleventh hole. He was strutting around. He was two under par. They, they, I think Netflix was out there filming his dad. And everything for some reaction. And he had like a fifteen footer for birdie. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, and now he's got the two par fives. And he four jacks for a double. And he ends up shooting like a forty two on the back nine. It was just stunning to me because he. He looked great. He was off to a nice start. I really can't, I don't know what happened there. So that definitely was worrisome for me, but I would be super worried about his chances at the PGA if he doesn't play well this week. Because again, he usually can kind of kick it into gear that week before. Yeah. Nate Dog. Tell us some guys that, that you have on your list for this uh, hit and giggle in McKinney, Texas. I got three. 
Davis Riley is 65 to one. I don't think he's going to win this thing, but he's, like he's 15th in birdie average this season. He's plus 280 to top 20. Mm. Aaron Rye. Oh. Yeah, I know. Aaron, Hold on. I got to write that down. Okay. There you go. Davis Riley plus two. Okay, great. There Good luck. Go. I'm on that. There we go. I'm on that one. Yeah. There we go. Aaron Rye is at 100 to one. He had a brutal Friday last week, but honestly, who didn't? Four of his last 10 rounds have been 65 or lower. Seven of those have been in the 60s. He's plus 410 to top 20 this week. And then lastly, okay. like that? Stefan like Yeager, okay, who yeah, was yeah, king yeah. of the Corn Ferry Tour last year. He's always struggled when he's come up to the big tour for some reason. Mr. 58, he's, before Jim Furyk. He was exactly. Yeah. He's sitting there at 120 to 1, and quietly, his last two tournaments, he T15'd in Mexico, hmm. T6 at Wells. Is he finally breaking through? He's plus 600 to top 20 this week. That's great. Yeah. We love those momentum plays like that. I, I have some names also, but Myers, get, go down the list and give us yeah. a couple nuggets. Well, first, I mean, I'm seeing Jaeger even 200 to one. So that's that's a heck of a, and obviously, yeah, I mean, betting him outright is a little crazy, but but you're right. Top 20, top 10, definite value there. What about Sahith Tagala? I mean, obviously, you know, uh, waste management, he was he, you know, played very well. Um, I, I think he's kind of fallen back under the radar. I'm seeing him 150 to one. I would definitely, uh, maybe even a first round leader with him. He likes to get off to these hot starts, um, kind of like that as well. And then, you know, it was crazy. And this was shout out to, um, our, my, uh, be right co-host, Chris powers for pointing this out on DraftKings for some reason, you know, usually the guys at the bottom of the board are 500 to one, um, they have a bunch of guys listed at 800 to one. And they're not even like, you know, sponsor exemptions that you've never heard of. I mean, a couple of guys are, but like uh, Richie Wierenski, uh, Brandon Hagee, who I put a few bucks on. I mean, these are guys who are legit players. My old, my boy, Bill Haas. I mean, you know, whatever. He's not going to win, but at 800 to one, then you're getting, I think it was top 40 for these guys, six to one top 40 bets. You just don't usually see that. Um, so there were a couple guys down here, Austin cook. I mean, guys with, you know, you could make up reasons to bet on them. I mean, you're getting six to one top 40 for guys who are legit players. Uh, that, that to me kind of stood out. So I, I tossed a few bucks on a couple of those guys, uh, at least top 40, uh, might've even done a parlay, a top 40 parlay. Let's just say that yeah. <laughs> got a little crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I have a couple guys like, you know, I, I think this is the kind of tournament um, where, you know, if you believe in the KH Lee kind of storyline, now the tournament doesn't fall the week before. Uh, it did not last year fall the week before a major. So the strength of field was not as um, hot as, as this one. But I'm looking at somebody like Kurt Kitayama at 75 to one, who's been on an absolute heater with birdies. Yeah. He's been in the top five, both in Mexico and at Wells. He finished tied for second in Mexico in the in the overall finishing standings of that tournament. Finished tied for 15th here at Wells. But inside the top five in birdies or better at both of those tournaments. So just a guy on a heater. Another guy uh, I have a little bit of an interest in, Johnny Vegas. Just finished second in strokes gained approach here in Potomac, Maryland under terrible conditions now. He... Uh, did not drive the ball well here, which, you know, is not that surprising. He's a he's a big boy, big bomber. And this joint here last week uh, and outside of, of the nation's capital required precision 
fairway striking, but uh, Johnny Vegas played this event last year and his greens and regulation were, was about 85%. He was third best in the field greens and regulation. So at 50 to one on our FanDuel sports book, Johnny Vegas could be interesting. What, what, what do you think, Mr. Myers? Yeah. I mean, Johnny Vegas, sure. He's, he's a guy who racks up birdies. We've seen him go super low at the, at the, uh, it was the Canadian open uh, when he won, he went, he went really low there. Uh, no, I, I kind of like that. I, I mean, you always got to love the name Johnny Vegas. I mean, no matter what. And, uh, but yeah, no, that's a good one. No doubt. All right. So you have your, uh, 13 best bets to win the PGA championship. Is it up yet on golf digest or yeah, are you still it's, working? Yeah, it? it's up. I, I actually, I meant to up, <laughs> update it this week, but yeah, it is up. It is up. I think, I think Scotty Scheffler, uh, is number one. Uh, for, and I don't think that's any surprise there. Um, but, uh, no, it is, it, it's up there. Yeah. Okay. Are you, are you going to Tulsa next week? I'm not going to Tulsa. I, I, you know, it's tough with the two little kids. I kind of, I even, I was kind of saving. I went to the masters. I think I'm going to get to the U S open for at least part of it because I can drive there. And then I was kind of really banking on going to St. Andrews because, uh, you know, it's been since 2015. And my wife kind of gave me like this death stare uh, about, you know, potentially being out of the country for like eight days. Uh, so I don't even think that's going to happen, unfortunately. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of chained to the, the house for a bit, uh, other than the Masters, I guess, uh, for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. Well, the U.S. Open would be fine. I mean, that that has, yeah, you know, I it's going to be great. There. It's like a three hour drive. Yeah, that's not there. bad. House. Tell, tell me, Nate, dog. I just, I can't, I can't let it go without just saying it. A Andrew Loop made this tournament. Do you know Andrew Loop? Yeah. Um, used to be, he's a very physically fit young man. Um, he's Canadian, yeah, great I believe. Great basketball player. Great he, basketball yeah. player. He yeah. hits it 400 yeah, yards. Yeah, he smokes it. Yeah. yeah. He, Do you want to sprinkle something on he him? He came out of qualifying, which means he's playing well enough that the injury that has destroyed him for years seems to be gone. He's plus 1400 to top 40. Okay. Well, I mean, look, let's Just end this good, this edition of fairway good rolling energy. on positive vibes, good energy. I, we had hashtag perspective last week. That's from what the I homie want. Homa. The homie nice. Homa gave us perspective, right? That's what's going to happen this week. So let's rock some positive vibes. Yes. Andrew, is it Andrew Loop? I want to call him Lupe. I know that's the wrong way to say it. It's he wouldn't Lou. like it. Also, he's he's very like he's very physically up upper body. I don't want him to put um, my head inside Louisiana of his giant boy. biceps. Yeah, yes, Louisiana yeah. boy. <laughs> I just look, we're going to send this pot off with some love. After all the negative energy from the live tour, we're going <laughs> to or live to whatever the fuck it's called. The, the fuck Kushner Open. Go gonna, suck a dick, Andrew <laughs> Loop. You're our guy. Let's go. Let's go. Loop. 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 <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals. We have done it. That is another fantastic edition of Fairway Rolling. Our big thanks to Alex Myers. We are back next week with a multitude, a multiplicity of shows covering all the news, including breaking news like what we were able to drop today. Uh, and we're going to be in full major mode. We're going to have uh, dance cards, scorecards, and every other kind of betting card you can imagine Lined up for you. All of our experts are waiting in the wings to come and share with you their insights about this venue and who's coming in hot. 
Um, spoiler alert, none of us are going to fade Scotty Scheffler. We're all going to be on Scotty Scheffler. But look, in the meantime, please, throw a peg in the ground and let's all hit him straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.